0: This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.
1: Welcome to Earthwise, environment and peace with justice interviews on Plains FM 96.9. Welcome to Earthwise, I'm Lois Griffiths. For today's program, Martin and I are delighted to be talking to Jeff Halper. We met Jeff many years ago when we went to Israel and the West Bank on an Israeli Committee Against House Demolitions tour. Jeff talked to our group explaining the reality of what was happening.
0: We're pleased to be able to ring Jeff now, who lives in Jerusalem. Things are happening in Jerusalem right now, disturbing things that we want to try to understand. Welcome to EarthWise,
1: Jeff Helper.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Well, Jeff, people who haven't had the opportunity to visit your part of the world at least have heard of Jerusalem, seen photos of the Golden Dome, probably photos of Israeli Jewish men praying by the Western Wall, photos of... Old, very old buildings, but this is just part of Jerusalem, isn't it, called the Old City? We hear references to East Jerusalem and West Jerusalem. What does this mean? Are there two separate municipalities?
2: No, no, no. No, Well, it should be. (laughs) You know, uh, East Jerusalem, as it's called, was um, a part of Jordan uh, before 1967, before the Six-Day War. And, um, and then it was conquered together with the West Bank by Israel. So East Jerusalem, including the old city, but also surroundings, um, were considered part of the West Bank. They're considered part of the occupied territory. But in uh, 1967 already, at the very beginning, Israel annexed them uh, and made Jerusalem a unified city so that from in Israeli law, um, uh, Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. Um, In international law, and with governments, including Australia and New Zealand, uh, uh, support, East Jerusalem, the old city, is still a part of uh, the occupied territory, still a part of the West Bank. That's why, for example, your embassy, all the embassies of the world, are in Tel Aviv, not in Jerusalem. Because Jerusalem, even in the 1947 partition agreement, was supposed to be an international city. Um, And that was all the controversy when Trump decided to move the American embassy to Jerusalem, that he was, in a sense, preferring Israeli claims to the city over Palestinian claims. And that was not helpful in terms of any kind of peace process. But in general, East Jerusalem, from our point of view of the peace camp, East Jerusalem is a part of the occupied territory.
1: What, what I envision is this huge district called Jerusalem with a lot of separate villages within it. And the Palestinians right. who live there within that district have a different status, don't they, say to other Palestinians? Is that correct?
2: Yeah, they're, they're, well, their status is very ambivalent the Palestinians in East Jerusalem, because they're not West Bankers in Israeli law, you know. because the Palestinians in the West Bank don't have any citizenship. They're not Jordanian. They're not, uh, they're not Israeli, obviously, uh, and they're kind of stateless and don't really have. There is a sort of a Palestinian citizenship, but it's not really recognized by a lot of the countries of the world. It's very ambivalent. The Palestinians in East Jerusalem are not Israeli citizens either, because don't forget, Israel wants to be a Jewish state. So it doesn't want to give too much citizenship to non-Jews. There's about maybe a quarter of a million to 300,000 Palestinians living in East Jerusalem. They're 40% of the Jerusalem population. So Israel doesn't want to give them citizenship. So they have a status that's called Uh, that's called permanent residence, which means they can live in Jerusalem, they have access to the entire country for work and so on, Um, but they have to live in Jerusalem to keep this status. If they move to the West Bank, or if they move abroad, or move out of Jerusalem, they lose their residency. You see, and that's the way Israel then revokes the residency and, and It's a part of what we call the Judaization of Jerusalem process. Many Palestinians have lost their residency because they went abroad to study or to work or or try to get cheaper housing in in the West Bank. Um, So those Palestinians uh, can vote in municipal elections, but not in national elections. And they're different from Palestinian citizens of Israel— there's about, uh, is about um, uh, almost 2 billion Palestinians that live inside Israel, uh, Israel within what we call the Green Line, that do have Israeli citizenship. So there's three different kinds of citizenship. There's Israeli citizenship for Palestinians in Israel. There's permanent residence for Palestinians in, the, in East Jerusalem. And there's uh, no citizenship ready for Palestinians in the West Bank
0: and Gaza. So they're,
1: they're stateless people, aren't they? So the, the, let's say the um, yes. permanent residents of Jerusalem, those Palestinians, are they free to travel into the West Bank if they want to go to Bethlehem, say?
2: Yeah, they can, no, they can go to the West Bank. They can go to Bethlehem. Uh, they have they have much more freedom—you know, it doesn't work the other way. People from the West Bank can't come into Jerusalem, can't come into Israel. But the Palestinians in East Jerusalem can go—I mean, I can go to the West Bank, too. Can you? I can only go, though, to uh, parts of the West Bank that are called Area C. I won't get into all that complication. But I, as an Israeli citizen, I cannot go to Bethlehem, or Ramallah, or Nablus, or any of the Palestinian cities. That's forbidden to me by the Israeli army.
0: But you have been, haven't you? But
2: the Palestinians in East (laughs) Jerusalem have freedom of of, of movement.
0: You have have been, haven't you, to the West Bank, in spite of this prohibition?
2: No, I go all the time. Yes, I thought you you did. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't hold us back.
1: So what's happening now is we're hearing these stories of different sort of Little villages within the district of Jerusalem that are um, right. having their houses destroyed.
2: Well, the- that's right. So now uh, we had last week the demolition of about seventy homes. Mm. You know, in in apartment blocks, um, and what you know, demolitions happen all the time. Israel has demolished about fifty-five thousand Palestinian homes in the occupied territory which we consider East Jerusalem as well, since 1967. So that's not unusual. Houses are demolished all the time. What is unusual is that these houses were in what was called areas A and B. They weren't in Jerusalem. They were next to Jerusalem, um, but they were in territory that, according to the Oslo Agreement, was under Palestinian Authority control. So because Palestinians can't build in Jerusalem, Israel doesn't give them building permits. There's no land for them anymore. Um, this was a, a plot of land that young people could, could, could expand into, young Palestinians. And so they applied to the Palestinian Authority for building permits. They got building permits. They began to build. And then Israel said, no, you can't build on that land and uh, began to demolish, you see, illegally, because it wasn't their land. What they did was a trick, and that is that Israel built the wall, this big wall, through Palestinian territory. The wall itself is illegal. The International Court of Justice, Hague called the wall illegal, and the UN has accepted that, but it doesn't matter, because nobody will sanction Israel. But because the wall was out there, So the Israeli army then said, well, you can't build on this land, even though it's Palestinian land, because it's too close to the wall. And that was the excuse they gave for demolishing these these homes. So So now the fear is that all the houses built close to the wall. The wall is is about uh, uh, 460 miles, about 750 kilometers long, so that... All, any Palestinian house built uh, close to the wall could be demolished now. That might be thousands of other houses.
1: So it's a precedent, really, they've set. So first of all, you've got this illegal wall, and then it's built on purpose near Palestinian houses. Is that right? And Then then they tell say the houses are illegal. Is that the way it's happening? Well,
2: it, sometimes it's built near houses, and those houses are sometimes demolished. In this case, the wall was built um, uh, not so close to the, to the neighborhood, but that created that space between the neighborhood and the wall that belonged to the Palestinian Authority that then they moved into. And Israel didn't want them to move into that space, so they used the wall as a pretext for demolishing the houses. Security. You
1: know, well, always well, pay security. It's a bit hard <laughs> to, to try and figure out what's going on. We've read a report by... Do you know the uh, journalist Aviv Tatarski.
2: Uh-huh.
1: He um given a report of what he saw with his very own eyes in um, Al Asawira. It's a shocking story.
2: A we- a we- uh, that's yeah,
1: Isawila. Right. We- uh, and um what he said he said is happening on a daily basis for six weeks. The heavy armed men are going into there and and if there's no no stone throwing any the opposition. They just get something going. What is really going on?
2: Well, you know, every every Palestinian community has a story. Sawaia is very close to the Hebrew University. It's a very peaceful place. Lost, it's lost almost all its lands. It's very crowded, um, but um, you know, it, it, uh, there's demolitions there all the time. And so as people protest demolitions, the police then um, retaliate against them. There's only one way in and out of Issaouia, which is a a community of, I don't know what it is now, 15,000 people or so. There's only one way in and out, so the Israeli police block the road, and they give traffic tickets to all the people going in and out as a way of, for for weeks now. And then it's true, they go in, they uh, they hassle the, the people quite a bit, they arrest the kids. I mean, there really is a whole campaign of intimidation against this, what is really a peaceful neighborhood of Jerusalem. Uh, and the, the message is zero tolerance. This is the point. All through the West Bank and East Jerusalem and Gaza. The point is, you cannot resist anymore. The occupation is over. The whole country is ours. You Palestinians are going to be locked away in little islands. You have to accept that. And we do not accept any kind of resistance anymore. And, uh, you know, I think Israel feels emboldened, certainly because of Trump. And, uh, you know, so that the Palestinians are in a very difficult situation today, where their own Palestinian authority is very ineffectual, very collaborationist, really, with Israel. And um, and Israel is in the process of mopping up in terms of creating an apartheid regime.
0: You're listening to Earthwise, broadcasting in Christchurch on Plains FM 96.9, in Hamilton on Free FM, and in Waikanae on Coast Access FM. Today's guest is Jeff Halper, of the Israeli Committee Against House Demolitions, and he's talking to us from
1: Jerusalem. Jeff, it's so hard to really picture what's going on. Say houses are demolished for no reason, really. What happens to the people, to the children, to the the families?
2: Who cares? (laughs) You know, it's it's not our problem. See, what Israel's managed to do is it uses... It uses zoning, planning, laws, and and the Kafkaesque bureaucracy to create a situation where people can't move, Palestinians. In other words, they've zoned all of East Jerusalem as what we call open green space, which means that Palestinians can own property, but they can't build on it for 52 years now. You see, everything is frozen for Palestinians. And uh, the only, you know, time that it can be rezoned for residential, for new homes, is if they're Jewish homes. So you see, Israel uses planning in a very political and a very cynical kind of a way. Well, this is now two, three generations. And you have children, and your children have children, and you have to live somewhere. So people end up building homes anyway, even though uh, even though it's illegal, because they they have to live somewhere, and that's the basis on which then Israel demolishes the homes, saying that they're illegal. So it creates this whole system of forcing people to break the law, uh, because the law is really a political law, political zoning, that's intended not to provide basic fundamental housing. For a whole population, which of course uh, is against any kind of concept of human rights.
1: It is the agenda to try to get Palestinians out of Jerusalem?
2: That's right. Yeah. Look, if, if there was one term I would tell your listeners <laughs> you know, that captures the whole of Zionism what Israel's doing now in East Jerusalem, what's doing in the West Bank. But for the entire country, for the last 125 years the Zionism, that word would be Judaization. It's not a word we use very often. Israel is Judaizing the country, meaning it's turning an Arab country into a Jewish country. It's turning the land, It's turning Palestine into the land of Israel. And, uh, and that means, of course, on the one hand, displacing the Palestinians or, or trying to drive them out of the country or force them to emigrate um, uh, or to confine them to little islands, you know, in different parts of the country. Little so better All that, you know, the, the other side of Judaization is de-Arabization. So they're really de-Arabizing the country at the same time, they're Judaizing it.
0: And in fact, they don't use the word Palestinians. They call them Arabs, don't they, the Israeli authorities?
2: Exactly. That's right. Because if we if we say Palestinians, we'd be giving too much legitimacy and distinctiveness uh, to, uh, to a collective population that we don't want to recognize. We know there's Arabs here. We see that there's Arabs. But for us, they don't add up to a people or a nation or a collective that has national rights like like our rights. And so, yes, we use the word Arabs in a very general way instead of Palestinians.
1: Is there any public opposition among the um, Israeli Jewish population to what's happening?
2: Very, very little.
1: We're talking there to really, the opposition. I
2: mean, <laughs> pardon me?
1: I say we're
0: talking to the opposition at the moment.
2: Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, on a clear day, I might have three or four friends. Um, you know, there's always a few thousand uh, more critical Israelis, people on the left in the peace movement. There are some, of course. I mean, you know, there's the Israeli Committee Against House Demolitions. This is my group. There's a group called Tayush. There's Rabbis for Human Rights. There's Breaking the Silence. Well, I mean, there are there are organizations, the women's organization, and so on, uh, but they're very very small, and they're not represented in the parliament. So you know, and our our parliament is really is 120 members, of which um, 100 and uh, I would say 110 are right wing. You know, uh, not that, not in our camps. Maybe you know. Well, maybe that's a little exaggeration because you've got you have thirteen <clears throat> Arab or Palestinian members of parliament, <clears throat> and then you've got another, I would say five or six or seven Jewish members of members of parliament that are more a little bit more liberal. Otherwise, it's wall to wall Likud, and it's and its partners, religious settlers, right wing Israelis. Uh, yuppies, you know, that don't really care, and uh, so there isn't really any opposition here whatsoever. I, I mean, we we protest on the ground, but certainly we don't have any kind of leverage in terms of uh, of uh, national politics.
1: Just one more point about Jerusalem: is there a city government as well? Are there any Palestinians? Yeah, has a
2: municipality. It's a municipality, um, but, uh, and again, the Palestinians are 40% of the Jerusalem population, so they can vote, but they don't vote. They haven't voted since 1967 because they feel that they're under occupation. They're not Israeli citizens. You know, they're, they're under living under occupation. They either want a state of their own or they want a single state. Um, they don't want to live under Israel, and so if they would vote in elections, uh, they would be legitimizing the occupation, you see? Now, there's a whole argument about that, because on the other hand, if they did vote 40 percent of the population, you know, they could conceivably end demolitions, they might even elect a the mayor, they could have some influence. Jeff, so I'm going to... always gonna... an argument if they should or not. but. In other words, because they don't, so all the members of the city council and the mayor are always Jewish.
1: I'm going to interrupt, Jeff. That's
2: why you have these policies.
1: Jeff, we're almost out of time. Have have you got any special message for New Zealand listeners? Is there any hope at the end of the tunnel, or is there anything we can do?
2: Well, not yet, but there is hope, and that is that... uh, I'm involved in a group called the One Democratic State Campaign.
1: Uh-huh.
2: and We've developed a whole program for one democratic state for the entire country, equal rights for everybody. The South, that, I uh, think, yes. has to replace the two-state solution.
0: The South African model, it I is, is, um,
1: is. Yeah, I think we'll have to stop at that. Mm-hmm. Um, one Democratic State. I know you travel around the world promoting that, don't you? It's an important That's message. Right, I do. <laughs> and, uh, I do, I do. Yes. Oh, dear. You've got your hands full, and uh, yes. <laughs> we appreciate your talking to us. Thank you very much for that. All right. Thanks, for Thank you. I will stay in touch. Okay. Bye. Bye.
2: All right. Bye.
1: Well, Martin, I'd just like to finish by quoting something that Jeff wrote in his article. He said that no legal barriers exist to Israel violating international law with impunity and no legal protections at all exist for the Palestinians, and the implications are severe. This act of ethnic cleansing, illegal, immoral, and gratuitously cruel in a hundred ways, gives lie to the notion of Israel as a normal democracy seeking peace. It reveals what is Israel for what it is, a settler colonial enterprise that aims to expand and take over all of Palestine, only decolonization, the rise of a democratic state of equal rights between the Mediterranean and the Georgia River will end this injustice. And
0: that is Jeff Halper's words, Those whom you, words, whom you've just heard on the radio. He's a good
1: man. <sighs> what, a, <laughs> what a world we live in. How can we make it better? From us at Earthwise, goodbye. Goodbye.